looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I am back in Phoenix, living like it matters. Of course, I've been gone for just a little while. And of course, I spent some time at the Super Bowl. A great time. I mean, what can I say? Um, just outstanding. The game, every, everything about it was just outstanding. There, there was not a flaw. Uh, I think I told you guys last week that the uh, the city was very hospitable. Uh, they welcomed us. Uh, it was just an outstanding time. As I said, of course, uh, when I talked about the Super Bowl last week, that Peyton could have taken over the town with the media, but that didn't happen. But, uh, hey, today is all about love. It's all about love. And, you know, man, I, ooh, wow, talking about love. Ooh, this woman knocked me off my feet years ago, the day I met her. Told her I loved her, was going to marry her. That's how it happens. Tell you somebody else I met, fell in love with him as well. Coach Woody Hayes. And, and I said this on my Facebook page. I said if enough people responded, I would talk about the man, the legend, my entire show. So first, uh, I'm going to dedicate that show, this show to my wife, Darice, my lovely wife, almost 30 years. It'd be 29. Whew. I told you I was going to do it. But this is Rail of Sports, so what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to talk a little bit about what I promised everybody I would talk about, and that, of course, is the great legend, Woody Hayes. And, and there's, a, there's a reason why I, I want to talk about Woody Hayes is because today is Valentine's Day, but today is also Coach Hayes' birthday. He would have been 99 years old. And, and that, that's going to take me a long time to cover 99 years because, of course, I, I wasn't around all those 99 years. But I'm going to share my story with you about those 99 years of which the ones that Coach Hayes was a part of my life. Uh, but before I do that, I first want to thank the NFL alumni. Uh, they've been so gracious to to me, to, to Voice America. We we had an outstanding time at the, at the Super Bowl. I got it. Thanks, Spencer Tillman. Uh, he's a member of the fraternity. Somebody asked me why in the world would Spencer Tillman uh, work with Voice America, <laughs> and you know, at uh, you know, at his own expense. And he did it because he's a member of the fraternity. You know, the Player Network event that's at the Super Bowl every year is is basically a career fair 
for former players, and it's all about transition. And that is uh, an outstanding man who did an outstanding job on the field, handled his business on the field, and continues to handle his business off the field. Just first class, the man just, it, that's it. When you're looking for first class, look to Spencer Tillman, and, and he did an outstanding job for us. want to thank George Martin, of course, my good friend from back in the day and still remains my friend, uh, former teammate who is the chairman of the board for the NFL alumni, Joe Pasarsic. want to thank Joe, thank Guy Troop. Uh, thank Vernon Davis for almost giving me a heart attack because Vernon was supposed to be the first guest. And uh, Vernon en- enjoyed himself uh, when he was down there, you know, being pulled so many different ways. And, and, and the young man had to, you know, recuperate, you know, so it uh, took him a little time to get there. But I am so thankful uh, that he showed up and uh, was able to uh, talk about his product and, and how he handles his business on the field and off the field. So want to thank Vernon Davis. My man Will Shields was there. You know, we were extremely thankful to have Will there because we were hopeful he had his phone in his pocket it was on vibrate and it was a chance that that phone possibly could have uh, gone off and and perhaps maybe would a uh, will would have gotten that call uh, to be uh, you know inducted into the pro football hall of fame that didn't happen will happen next year i hope also want to thank invincible that's right another friend of mine uh vince papali stopped by uh, again that is g A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E. <laughs> that's the spell of my daughter's name. Vince's daughter's name is Gabriella, so he's got an A on the end. So that's how I always address Vince. Want to thank him. Handled his business on the field and off the field as well. Darnell Autry. Uh, of course, Darnell has his show here on Voice America. Want to thank Darnell for joining and being a host. Uh, he had his uh, co-host with him, J.D. Hill. Thank him as well. Um, um uh, also want to thank uh, Lamar Campbell. Lamar doing an outstanding job with his show. You also can hear Lamar here. Uh, Brandon Gorin, uh, Marcos Pizza. Brandon, a former player, uh, now franchisee owner at uh, uh, Marcos Pizza. Uh, Ray Mickens, outstanding DB with the Jets now, handling his business off the field, uh, doing big things in airports. You can stop by and, and enjoy yourself, have, you know, have a little soft drink cocktail and, and raise places. And, of course, I, I want to thank uh, Jeff Spinard, uh, CEO, owner here of Voice America, uh, Ryan, our uh, vice president of broadcasting. I want to thank Dwight from AdVision Media, did an outstanding job. And, of course, uh, Mike Mitchell, who also uh, was there to assist us. But, but with that being said, again, just thank everybody about that. But, you know, I want to talk about Coach Hayes. Uh, I think I've, if I'm not mistaken, I got a caller on the line. I think... Uh, is there a Ken on the line? Kenny on the line? Yeah. Hey, Kenny, how you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, Ray? Oh, I'm doing good, man. I guess you got a Woody Hayes story too, huh? Uh, yeah, I seen uh, <laughs> seen it on Facebook, but uh, Coach Hayes was, uh, you know, like you said, the things he not just a football coach, but the things he done off the field and how he cared about people, you know. So that's, you know, I was kind of young when I'm watching him watching him coach, but I'm just saying I know you know all the people's lives that he's touched, so think that's great well kenny i appreciate you calling in of course uh you know kenny calling from canton ohio a young man that i've known for a long time in my life and, and and you're right about the way woody influenced people's lives and the way he touched people's lives and and he cared more about them than just what they did on the football field cared about the entire the extended family of a player he wanted to make sure the players were, were comfortable when they were away from uh their parents and uh, they were on campus and wanted the parents to know that he was going to be the father figure uh, right. but he was 
was going to be a football coach, uh, but first and foremost, he wanted to make sure that you got your education. So, so you're right about that. You might have been young, but you picked up on some good when you saw uh, the things that you saw in Coach Hayes. Right. Well, hey, Kenny, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for calling in. All right, thanks, Ray. Okay, sure. Uh, again, uh, appreciate uh, Kenny calling in from uh, Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame city, my hometown. Uh, Kenny, a young man that, of course, I grew up with. You don't know that. I say, of course, but I grew up with there in Canton, Ohio. And, and Woody touched people, not only that played for him, uh, but, you know, Woody touched, you know, neighbors that you didn't even know that uh, they knew of Woody Hayes. All of a sudden, you find them at your door when he was visiting. You know, you when Woody would come into town, uh, you know, people just got so excited about uh, the uh, the fact that Woody Hayes was was in Canton, Ohio. You know, for me, uh, and I, I'm going to talk about my first experience with uh, with, with Coach Hayes. And it was as as a senior in high school, uh, Canton McKinley High School, and uh, and I was playing football. And probably it was it was going into my senior year, my my first experience, and, and this for me is, is very unique. And that I, I'd had some really good years uh, as as a sophomore. I played varsity football. Uh, didn't really, I didn't enjoy my freshman year playing varsity football as much as I would have liked because it was a lesson that I was taught by John Bryweiser, which I thank so much. He was my high school coach. And, and one day what I did, I decided that I didn't want to go to practice. And when I decided I did not want to go to practice, uh, probably that was on maybe a Wednesday. When it came down for time for us to uh, make the trip, uh, Coach Bryweiser decided that I wasn't going to make the trip. So I didn't make the trip as a freshman, and because I didn't make that trip as a freshman, um, somebody else wore my jersey. So I'm at home listening to the game on the radio, and as I listen to the game on the radio, they said number 29 kicking off for the McKinley Bulldogs will be Ray Ellis. And I'm like, wow, really? I'm sitting right here listening to the game on the radio, and I'm kicking off? Boy, that was that was a motivator for me right there. And uh, that motivated me to the point that I didn't miss practice again. And uh, another thing that motivated me was we played Maslin. And as a freshman, because of that mistake I made earlier in the year, um, the team stayed in a hotel the night before the Maslin-McKinley game. And I didn't get a chance to stay in a hotel with the team. So that, too, was a motivating factor. So by the time I came, you know, my sophomore year came around, I was ready to play some football. I was committed to the game. And and I think I did a decent job. I got a chance to start as a sophomore, and that's when, you know, some of the offers started coming in. Uh, that's when um, I heard a few things about perhaps maybe after the end of that year was over with that Ohio State might be interested in me. Uh, I had a decent junior year as well. Again, it's kind of hard to talk about yourself, so I'll say decent junior year. And at the conclusion, uh, well, I forgot to tell you, I dislocated my shoulders as a sophomore, and Brian Weezer also pulled the skin off my ankles because he didn't put pre-wrap on me, but we won't talk about that. But <laughs> we, we, we will talk about the fact that, you know, Coach Hayes, you know, saw a ball player that he thought could contribute to the Ohio State football team. So my senior year of training camp in the summertime, uh, it was discovered on the practice field that I had a hernia. And I had a hernia, and I, they said, listen, the, the doctors and the coaches you know, gave me some options. Um, you know, the coach, Bryweiser, you know, John Bryweiser was like, Ray, whatever you want to do. You know, we're going to support you, whatever you want to do. Um, the, the doctors, you know, their position was, you know, hey, 
the doctor was honest with me. He said, if you were my son, if you did not need to play and you would still get a scholarship, I tell you, get the operation and don't play. But there are some things that can happen when you have a hernia and it, and it could, you know, erupt and, you know, and you could die. And I was very concerned and very scared about that. One thing led to another and I made a decision. But before I made a decision, I got a message from the Ohio State University and Coach Hayes. And that message was Ray does not have to play. He has a scholarship. And if he wants to get the operation, let him go ahead and get the operation. I will still honor that scholarship and he can still come and be a Buckeye. Man, that just lifted a world of weight off of my shoulders. And I didn't find out that to be really true until I got to Ohio State and found out there was another ball player that came in a year after me that had broke his neck. Would he honor his scholarship? Another ball player came in. He had had a, a, a tremendous knee problem. Cliff Belmer, you know, uh, and would he honor his, his contract? So the message came from a man that didn't really know me as a person, knew me as a ball player, but, but trusted that the information he had received from other people was correct in terms of the character of the individual and what type of student athlete I was going to be. And, and I guess also my talent evaluation was such that he wanted to invest in me and he believed in me and he wanted me to come. So I played and uh, got a chance to, uh, you know, get that scholarship, went down. I uh, got a chance to, to meet Coach Hayes, got a chance to go to a couple games, uh, see Ohio State play, watch Archie Griffin play, uh, watch Rod Gerald play. Just, it, it, I mean, it was a great guy. Jeff Logan, who was from the Canton area, got a chance to watch him play. And uh, got a chance to see Woody live in color. And for uh, a 17-year-old young man to see Woody Hayes live in color in his element, Woody did not hold back. Uh, I mean, with what you saw, if you had not experienced that type of coaching before, it could be a little bit intimidating. Because Woody, I don't know how to say this other than say, Woody kicked a little ass during the ball games. Don't make mistakes. Uh, Woody did not believe in, you know, athletes that are not prepared mentally. Uh, he was going to make he, he was going to make decisions on the field. You know, you, you talk about people being able to read uh, coverages and, and defenses. Well, you know, the option quarterbacks do that all the time. They, they whether it doesn't make a difference if you're reading a safety or reading a linebacker or reading a corner or, or reading the, the defensive end. You've got to know you know, what to look for. And based upon what one person does, it changes the entire scheme of the offense of what you're going to do and how you're going to carry out your assignment. And if you're not prepared because you didn't hit the books, Woody going to hit your behind. <laughs> and sometimes he would stick his foot. I mean, listen, this was a, a, a senior man who loved his ball players. Woody is the type of person that you would want your son to go play football for him. The man loved you. But when it came to football, he, they won a mistake-free football. Bottom line. He wasn't going to settle. And he wanted you to take the experiences that you learned in life. I mean, you learned on the football field and carried them over to life. He didn't want you to settle for less on the football field because if you didn't settle for less or, you know, inadequate performances on the football field, then you wouldn't look for those kind of deficiencies in your life. You would try to live your life the best way you possibly could. And if you did that, of course, 
chances are you're going to be successful. So this is a man that took no excuses from his best players to his to his. I'm not going to say his worst players because there are very few guys at Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, that you would consider worst players. There are some guys on the team, and I want to say this, perhaps maybe they weren't good enough to start, but they were good enough to make a competitive, um, you know, scrimmage exist. And so, therefore, to make you better. They may not have been good enough to be starters at Ohio State, but they, they were going to give you, they were going to challenge you. And when I say they, the scout team was going to challenge the starters. It made it very competitive. And Woody was an outstanding recruiter. So when he had the people that were starters playing against the scout team, it was pretty damn competitive. You can believe that there were a lot of people that were on scout team for Woody Hayes that could have played football places other than the Ohio State University. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back. And tell you about the time that Woody punched me. Yeah, he did. He didn't just punch, you know, other team players. He punched his own, including me. You listen to Real Sports in the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, in love with my wife for God only knows how many years. But I also love Woody Hayes. I'm gonna keep talking about him. We'll be right back after this message. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga race course. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. It is the Rail of Sports on Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, as I said before we went to the break, I wanted everybody to know this, that, the, of course, you know, the great late coach Woody Hayes has has been known for his temper. 
and, and in particular, you know, him losing his temper on a number of occasions. And Woody, listen, Woody was what I like about Coach Hayes is, is Coach Hayes uh, really reminded me of a ball player, you know, and that is because, you know, football players, when we put those uniforms on and we step on the football field, it's like we go through a transformation. We're different people on the football field than we are off the football field. I've often said this, that really what happens in football, with the exception of the charges that are levied on players, it's assault and battery. There's no doubt in my mind that when you hit somebody, as soon as he turns around and he's not expected, that's assault. You just don't get charged for it. You might get a penalty here and there for hitting an unprotected player. Now that's a new rule that's in. Uh, but, hey, man, that that's assault, and it's, and it's illegal. Well, Woody was kind of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, too. Once he put that hat on and pulled it down, yeah, those out there who are listening and know Coach Hayes, seen Coach Hayes before, you know what I'm talking about when he pulls the brim of that hat down. Once he he puts that hat on, he goes into a different. When Woody has that hat off, and he was any place else, and he and listen, the old man was clean too. You know, nice looking old dude. When he put his stuff on, bam, you know, Woody was clean. So when you when you would see Woody Hayes off of the football field, fine. Once he was in his element, fine. Different man, and everything and everybody is free game. I don't care if it's coaches, I don't care if it's players, I don't care who it is. But one thing about Wayne Woodrow Hayes is do what he says when he wants you to and do it the right way. If you don't, you're going to get punched. Now, Woody also had a sense of humor. So let, let me tell you about this. I, I, it was my freshman year, and I was back home in Canton, Ohio, and... Of course, in the summertime, you know, Woody expects you to be working out. We didn't have to be back to school until August for two days. So that was the, the only time and the last time that I went home back to Canton, Ohio, in terms of staying a period of, extended period of time after I graduated from high school. And so there was the what we called the North-South All-Star Game. And we had a couple other players that were playing in that game. In particular, I think it was uh, perhaps maybe Ben Lee uh, may have been playing in that game. Another graduate of Kent McKinley High School, go pups, and Coach Hayes was there to see him. And so the word got out to me. The word didn't get out to, to Coach Hayes. Well, the word got to Coach Hayes. But more importantly, the word got to me that Coach Hayes was at the football game. Now, Coach Hayes was in the stands watching the game, you know, supporting some of his players. Not only did he come see Ben Lee, but there was a couple other guys. Uh, but I, of course, remember Ben because Ben and I were teammates at McKinley as well as uh, later at Ohio State. So I knew that if the word was out that Woody was at the game and Coach Hayes knew that I was at the game and that I didn't respectfully go over and say hello to Coach Hayes, I just didn't want to face him when I got to Columbus, you know, a couple weeks later. And so what I did is I took the time out now, you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to be honest, you know, this, this is a living legend and it takes you a little time to get comfortable with people that are living legends when you invade their space. You know, you're part of that team, but it's still, you know, it's like anything else. That's how, you know, you get hazed when you come into something, you know, you got to you be earn your respect within a team. So a lot of times you do it on the football field, but you also do that with the way you conduct yourself because, again, they're concerned about back then it wasn't the brand, but now it's the brand, the image of the university. You respect and you 
you, you, when you're out, you represent the university well. So as I decided, you know what? I, I got to go say hello to Coach Hayes. I was with a couple friends of mine. Don't remember who they were at the time, but I knew I was going to see Coach Hayes. So, again, it's a stadium that holds about, you know, 20,000 people. Um, you know, maybe it was about it, it was it was pretty crowded. I don't know if it was sold out, but I'm going to say there was more than 15,000 people there. So as I approached, you know, there's a lot of there were some people there that was aware of who I was. And uh, some of them, the ones that made me aware of the fact that Coach Hayes is there, you need to get your butt over there. So as I slowly, you know, walk over to Coach Hayes, no swag. We didn't have swag back in those days when you're going to approach your coach. You didn't display that swag, especially not if you're going to see Coach Hayes. So I, I kind of strolled over there, you know, saw Coach Hayes, looked up in the stands, I saw him, and you know, you know who Woody is, because first of all, there were people around him trying to get autographs. He was trying to watch the game, but you know, Woody was again respectful. At those people, after all, were the people that supported the Ohio State University, and and they were fans of of the players and the teams, and just idolized Coach Hayes. So as he signed a couple autographs, all of a sudden I look up and he sees me, and I see him. We make eye contact now. He's already heard that I was there, so as I walk up, of course, I'm one of his players. He knows me. I've been in the program for a year. So I'm walking up, and I walk up, and I walk up the steps, and I mean, I'm talking about, you know, I got this big old knot in my stomach. Uh, and I walk up, and, and of course, I go to shake Coach Hayes' hand, and, you know, Coach Hayes, you know, how you doing? And, you know, he says, I'm doing fine, Ray. How are you? As he said, in the first question, he asked me, you've been working out? And I, of course I've been working out. I'm from Canton McKinley High School. That's all we do is work out. Well, Coach Hayes wanted to be sure that I was working out. So what he did is, next thing I know, I'm the recipient of a couple left-hand uppercuts. Boom, 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 boom. Woody hit me about three or four shots before I could even move. And he's like, oh, yeah, it just seems like you, you've been working out. <laughs> You know, it seems like a little tight. You know, look forward to seeing you, you down, you know, in school in a couple of weeks. You, you, you're ready to go? You got everything in place? I said, yeah, Coach Ace, everything's fine. He said, okay, you keep working out then. I'll see you, you know, in Columbus in a couple of weeks. But I am telling you, for me, you know, it, it was probably the, the, the moment of which I cherished so much at that particular time in my life because Coach Hayes knew who I was. I, I, of all those people in the stands that were there, I was the one who had a relationship with Woody that was different than anybody else's. I mean, it was, you know, talking about, you know, an endearing type of thing. You know, that was that was a, a punch of love. Those were those were love taps. But he punched me. I don't think anybody else has ever wanted to be the recipient of a punch for any reason whatsoever. You don't want to be on the other end of a punch. But it, they, for me, that, that was like the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, all the fans enjoyed it. I mean, they didn't. They just saw me walking up and thought I was going to say hello to Coach Hayes. He's going to say hello to me. We're going to share a couple minutes with each other. And that was going to be it. They never, nor did I ever in my life think Coach Hayes was about to give me a couple uppercuts. And he gave me a couple uppercuts. And I took him. <laughs> you know, I took him. But it was it was just it was one of those moments in my life that, that I'll never forget. That, so so that's that's my I got punched by Coach Hayes story. Mine's is a little different than the guy from Clemson, but I was also there for that as well. And, and I can tell you that the, the guy from Clemson, and I know you all want to hear that story, and I, I'm I'm going to tell you that story. 
uh, the guy from Clemson, he's probably like me. I don't even remember his name. There are many people who don't remember his name, but they remember the fact that he was punched. But I always tell people, listen, the guy from Clemson, you got to remember, just a month before that, there was a cameraman that was punched at Michigan. You know, because there was a turnover and, and what would the, the, I don't know why they had to do this. But for some reason or other, I know those cameramen were instructed that, listen, if there's ever, you know, a change in tempo of the game and there's and there's ever a turnover as, you know, how State turn the ball over, be sure you put that camera right on Woody Hayes. Because Woody was, you know, he he was very animated. Woody, his hat, he'd take his hat off, he'd throw it down, he'd step on it. You know, he, you know, he'd rip his, his tie off at times or, or rip the buttons off his shirt. You know, of course, he would punch people, you know, mm, probably yell out a couple of sentences. Yeah, you know, I don't know about that. But I do know whatever the emotion was, Woody didn't hold back. And so it was great for the camera. So I'm sure that those those producers, you know, made sure that they had those cameramen placed in such an area of listen. And at that time, the cameramen different than what they do now. They have access to the coaches, probably now because the technology is such they don't have to be as close up on the coaches. But at that time, they were right in his face. And in, in Michigan, it was a turnover. It was a, we were trying to drive the ball in. If we would drove in, we'd have won the game. And I think there was kind of a problem with the pitch. Between Rod Gerald and Ron Springs and Michigan recovered it and the cameraman was bam right there in Woody's face. And Coach Hayes just he lost it. You know, so that boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, the camera's going kind of sideways and up in the air and, and all that. And you know, we're running out on the field for defense. And, and of course we we hear the story later and the story's printed and uh, you know, it's a true story. But Woody didn't care. He didn't believe. It was, he's like, get, get out of here. Get the camera out of my face. Why are you doing that? You know, Res respect my space as a coach. Allow me some space. You know, my emotions. You can get my emotions from a distance. Don't put that camera. Don't get right in my face. I want to pace this sideline. You're in my way. I'm going to trip and fall over you or something. But Woody had a way of letting them know that, that you have invaded my space. And I'm going to get you out of my space. I'm going to knock you out of my space. So that happened. And then as a result of that, of course, we now, instead of going to the Rose Bowl, we go to the Gator Bowl. And we go to the Gator Bowl, and of course, that's that's the famous punch that's basically heard all over the world. I mean, particularly today with, with the Internet the way it is, you can hear this story, and I'm telling this story to the world today. Uh, it was an interception. I've always said that Coach Hayes, he should have punched Art instead of, Punching the guy that intercepted the ball. The guy just, the ball was right there. You know, Art should have never threw the ball. But, again, camera right there in Coach Hayes' face. You know, a couple lefts, a couple rights, boom. No, I think it was just one one left. It was two lefts. Boom, boom. And I think Ken Fritz was right there trying to break it up. And Fritz, he tried to do the best he could. Larry Romanoff was somewhere in the, in the picture there, too. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Miles was there. But, it, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, just too late. Coach Hayes had lost it, and it was just his emotion. The man loved the game. The man loved the game more than he loved anything. Kind of reminds me of, well, you know, somebody else here recently, you know, who passed away, Coach Paterno. Without football, football's the life of these men.
You're not, it should not be. But it was, he was consumed with the game and his emotions got the best of him. But there was never a man that was better for the game of football than Woody Hayes. There was never a man that was better for your son to be around, to be taught how to be a man outside of the father himself than Woody Hayes. And so, you know, the fact that he punched, oh, he didn't hurt the guy. The guy from Clemson, and I don't, somebody knows his name. Somebody call 888-346-9144. Now, I could Google it. I got my computer right here in front of me. Somebody Google it. Tell me what the guy's name is. And, of course, you know, his name isn't what's important. What's important is the fact that he was on the receiving end of a punch that cost the man his job. The last punch. There were others. <laughs> but that was the last punch. Okay, when we come back on the other side, I'm going to share some more Woody Hayes with you. I'm going to share with you what happened on the ride home on the plane. Man, that was that was that was deep. That was, that was real real deep. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm paying tribute. It's it's all about love, and I'm talking about a man that I love for what he did for me, and that's Coach Hayes. Of course I love my wife. But we're going to talk a little bit about football. You listen to Rail Sports on Voice America Network. I'm a friend living like it matters. I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And the course, uh, as I told you, I was going to take the time out today 
and talk to you a little bit about a man that meant so much in my life. You know, really was a man that put my life on track. You know, I, I had outstanding support growing up. Uh, my mother did an outstanding job. I love you, Mommy. It's Valentine's Day. I love you every day that I'm on this earth, uh, even though you're in heaven. I still love you so much. And it's Valentine's Day. We're going we're gonna to talk about love. And uh, I'm talking about a man that I love for, for what he did for me and what he did for so many of my, my friends, of course. And that is the late, great Coach Woody Hayes. And why am I talking about Coach Hayes on the day about Valentine's Day and love? Because today is Coach Hayes' birthday. I also want to give a shout-out to Coach uh, Chuck Carlson. Um, Coach Chuck is one of my Facebook friends out there, and, and, and he always has great things to say um, about Woody. And, uh, you know, Woody was a man that just touched so many people's lives. And, and we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, even Urban Meyer today. You know, he's an Ohio guy. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that, you know, even though he played ball at, at Cincinnati, he grew up because of Coach Hayes. I knew he wanted that job. There's no doubt in my mind. You can't just grow up in Ohio and have an, an option to be the coach at the Ohio State University and not take it. Come on. Really? Okay, so let me go back and let me talk to you a little bit about, I told you about the punch. I told you he should have punched Art. Art, you want, Art doesn't care. Hell, Art, no, he's the bad pass, <laughs> you know, bad pass. And uh, kind of, uh, again, that was that was my sophomore year. Art kind of ended the season where he started off. We played Penn State at home. He threw four interceptions. And uh, four interceptions that Pete Harris himself, you know, on, was on the receiving side of, you know, he probably had more catches than, than the other receivers on our team uh, or the receivers on our team. Uh, but that kind of happened. Art started off as a freshman year throwing interceptions, finished the year throwing interceptions. Woody, you know, loses his temper. Woody hits the guy from Clemson. And, and that really kind of set things in motion. And uh, I think it was uh, Hugh Hyman, I think, was our athletic director at that time. And and, and another, you know, very, uh, very sharp gentleman in terms of uh, just the way that he represented the university, um, what he stood for. Um, he, he was a man that that felt I think he felt very uncomfortable in the position he was in because I, I believe the way the story is told. And I think I got my history right that Woody actually hired him on his staff. And he later became the athletic director, and he had to actually fire Woody. And so there were so many rumors when we were, you know, in our room that night down there in Jacksonville, Florida, that, you know, man, everybody thought, you know, even after, after the play, what happened is when there's, whenever there's a turnover in college, even pro football, you know, the offense has to run off the field, the defense has to run, and normally there's a timeout. So when we ran on the field, I was in the defensive huddle, and I'm wondering, you know, what happened? What happened? You know, turnover, turnover. Yeah, not only the turnover, but then, you know, we said the word was passed to the defense because we were in a defensive huddle at the time, so we didn't see the play. But then we heard that Coach Hayes had also punched the guy. And immediately you knew, oh, wow, you just felt like he did. You just knew there were going to be repercussions from that punch for whatever reason that would be different. And, 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 and I'm going to get into a little bit of that a little bit later, too. Why the repercussions? Because part of it, I'm going to throw it out there, Woody made a bold move in changing of quarterbacks. Bold move. Some guys even felt that Woody threw away their, champion, their national championship hopes by making that bold move. But Woody was ahead of his time. 
when he did some things that just changed college football, certainly Ohio State football. But so we're out there in the huddle. We find out that Woody's punched the guy. And so, you know, we try to do the best we can because actually if we'd have gone down and, and scored, we probably could have won the game. But we didn't. So as a result of that, uh, we did not. And you know the end of the story. So all throughout the night, we're hearing these rumors. We're hearing these rumors. And that Coach Hayes is going to be fired. Coach Hayes is going to be fired. Unlike today, and, and you know, you can go to digital media and you can find out things. You can Google things. We don't necessarily know when the decision was made. But I do remember this. I remember we got on the plane. And, and I remember the plane ride home was, was very, very quiet. It, it just, it, even though we had lost the game, and we lost the game the night before, this is the next day. And so we're riding the plane. It's just a real somber, you know, ambiance in there. It's just the plane ride is just not, not exciting. Nothing exciting about it at all. And everybody's still questioning and wondering. You hear rumors because somebody, you know, nobody knew. But, you know, the rumor is Coach Hayes was going to be fired. And so on the plane, we kind of whispered a little bit. We're talking a little bit about, you know, do you know? Did you hear? Well, what did this person say? What did that person say? And somebody said, well, yes, yeah, such and such told me, yes, it's going to happen. Or what happened? They told him last night. Or We really didn't know. That was that was that was like a, a plane ride to hell. Because you were going to a place where you didn't you didn't ever want to go. You didn't ever want to be a part of it. It was definitely history, but it was dark, dark, dark history. It was a cloud over the entire state of Ohio. And everybody was just, you know, waiting there on eggshells to find out what was going to happen. Now, some people felt that it had to happen. He had disgraced the university too bad. And the, as players... We didn't give a damn. So what? What he? What he was like sixty something years old. That punch didn't hurt that guy. He had football equipment on. So what? He getting punched? That was. It was. It was a jab or two. It didn't hurt him. Again, he was gonna go down in history. He's just another guy that got punched by Coach Hayes. That's all that should have been went down as. But it was more than that. It, it 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 was it was much much more than that. It was that some people have felt that Woody had kind of, you know, the game had passed him by. They didn't recognize the fact that Woody had bought in, you know, a young, talented, very confident, very, you know, good football player to be his quarterback. He was just young. They, did, they didn't see that. They felt as if the game had passed Woody by. You know, the days of three yards and a cloud of dust was over. But what they didn't see is that we no longer were really playing that game of three yards in a cloud of dust. We, we had started to open the offense up a little bit. Sure, Sleester was still running some of the option, but we were throwing the ball downfield more than we had thrown the ball downfield before. And the defense, no, Woody's defense, no, people were not, that defense that we played was not, you know, something that was outdated. We had very aggressive football players. George Hill, who was the defensive coordinator, who went on uh, to be a linebacker coach when I was at, uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and and then later he was the uh, defensive coordinator. I I know for a long time with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, doing an outstanding job. So defensively, and we were still playing Jack Tatum football, trying to take your head off. 
But as it would be, as that plane approached and we were about to land, I'll never forget, Coach Hayes stood up and grabbed the microphone. I don't even know if they will allow you to grab a microphone anymore, I, you know, a team plane probably. But Coach Hayes took that microphone and he said that I just want to make sure, guys, can I have your attention? I just want to make sure, can I have your attention, guys? I want to make sure that when we get back, that all of you guys make sure that you see Larry Romanoff and that you all, you know, make sure that you get your schedules and you get your books and you make sure that you're enrolled in school. And I want you all to know that I will not be your coach next year. All the oxygen could have come out of that plane or felt like it came out of that plane at that moment. His last words that he said to us is, I will, exact words, I'll never forget them in my life. I will not be your coach next year. Last words Woody ever said to his team, together as a team, I will not be your coach next year. Man, we were devastated. Because everybody on that plane came to the Ohio State University because of Coach Wayne Woodrow Hayes. No doubt about it. I don't care who the assistant coach was, who the guy was in your area, who the alumni, whatever. You came to that school to get your education and to play football for Woody Hayes. Bottom line. And Woody said, I will not be your coach next year. Man. And then the next thing he did was he put the microphone down. He put it down, you know, it rumbled around a little bit, you know, like that, put it down. And then he proceeded to walk down to go to his chair. It just so happened that I was sitting closer to the front of the plane. And I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. I was the first person I stood up and I extended my hand and I said, thank you, Coach Hayes. Just like that. I, I just extended my hand to him. I stood up and I was the first one to do it. I reached out my hand. I said, thanks, Coach Hayes. And then as he walked back, a few other guys, you know, extended their hands, you know, to shake his hand. And and that was it. That was it. The next thing I did is we got home to the plane and we landed. And shout out to a couple of my friends, uh, Keith Ferguson, who went on to play for the San Diego Chargers, Detroit Lions. Uh, Alvin Washington went on to play for the um, uh, New York Jets. Um, Luther Henson went on to play for the New England Patriots. And I believe it was Cliff Belner. Uh, we got into our car a day later after we got back into the city, and we just said, hey, man, let's, let's go over to Coach Hayes' house. Let's go over and see our, how Coach Hayes is doing. And so we we drove over. Never been to Woody's house in my life. I can't even tell you where we went. I can't even. I don't even remember who drove. I just know that we did. And so we went over there and we said, again, just wanted to see him, make sure he was okay. And uh, just to thank him for the opportunity he had given to us. And so I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you this is Valentine's Day. But this is also Black History Month. And Coach Hayes, you know, is going down in history and has gone down in history because he was one of those people that believed that it was time for change. 
So we're going to take a break. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'm going to continue my tribute to the great Coach Hayes after we come back. flagship station for sports voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum, or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. School to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Finney's Living Like It Matters. And, of course, this is my tribute to Coach Woody Hayes, you know, my probably my favorite coach. Ain't no doubt, my favorite coach of all time. And I, I just, you know, love everything the man did for me. Today is his birthday. It's Valentine's Day. As I said to everybody, hey, I love my wife. But uh, if I wasn't for Coach Hayes, I may have never met my wife, who I met, of course, at The Ohio State University. So, of course, shout out and love to all my heart to my wife, Darice. Um, and uh, now I want to get back to Coach Hayes. Listen, I got to say this, you know, it's Black History Month. You know, one thing about Coach Hayes, his birthday is in February, but, you know, Coach Hayes is from an era of which particularly black quarterbacks did not exist in Division One football. And what was so controversial, you know, it was just the opposite about, well, there was a gentleman that came in. I think the first black quarterback that really made a huge impact for Ohio State University. I know it was Cornelius Green. And I used to watch Cornelius and, and Archie and those guys, and they played outstanding football. But, you know, this is the, this is the late, there's the early 70s. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, the early 70s uh, where, where Cornelius came in because, of course, in 68, Woody had already won the championship, but then it was his strong defense, and Rex Kern was a the quarterback then, uh, but Jack Tatum was on the other side knocking people out. But Cornelius Green came in. Uh, and he was a quarterback when Archie Griffin was there. And and Corny, as they called him, you know, uh, Corny came in and, man, Corny, they, they called him Flam, too, because he, he was flamboyant. Uh, he had style. He was from, you know, big, big fro and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, bling of that generation and uh, just had swag. 
you know, and he was he was good. I mean, he had talking about moves. He had moves out this world and could throw the ball. And and Woody took a chance, and the chance paid off. It it really paid off. But that was still part of the three yards in a cloud of dust because Archie and Pete Pete Johnson they was mowing them down, beating them up and mowing them down, stepping on them, all that type of stuff. That's the kind of offense they had. But then later on. Woody was changing with the time. Woody bought the black quarterback in because that was the best quarterback there was. That's what he was doing. He was like, listen, I need the best I can get. I don't care if he's a quarterback. I don't care if he's a running back. I don't care if he's a tight end, defensive end, whatever. I want the best ball players. And guess what? Some of them happen to be black, and I'm going to get them. And I don't care what you say. He did it. Like people talk about Woody was one of the most conservative men out there, Republican. He didn't care. He was the football coach of The Ohio State University, and you want to win, right? That's what you want me to do? That's what my job is to do? I'm going to get the best football players. And some of them, you may not like the, the way they look, the color they are, but they're going to be black. And they're going to play for me. And Woody did it, and he didn't care. Okay? And they won. Well, wouldn't it kind of be interest, be a little interesting, too? That this is that was very controversial for him to do that. It was very controversial for him to replace a black quarterback with a white quarterback, and he replaced Rod Gerald with Arch Sleister. And that, and I was there that, during that time, and that's why I told you it opened up. Now Rod Gerald just a year before that, you know, we uh, we lost a couple games. I think we lost three games, but in my freshman year, two or three. And but but going into my sophomore year. There was a chance that this team, this was a strong team. And there was some national championship hopes. But we had recruited a quarterback very close outside of, um, you know, Columbus, Ohio, by the name of Art Sleaster. He was probably, probably the number one, certainly in the top five recruits in the entire country. And Art was a gunslinger. Uh, thank goodness he wasn't a gunslinger off the field. He was slinging some other stuff off the field. And that was bets, gambling. But on the football field, Art Schlichter was a damn good quarterback. But at the time, was he better than Rod Gerald? Probably not. But with that year of sacrifice for him to learn the offense, going to benefit the team later down the road? It probably was. But there were some guys on that team that felt as if their senior year and maybe their junior years were sacrificed because Woody wanted to make this change. He wanted to get this ball player in who he probably figured, mm, sacrifice one year, I can win three national championships with Art Sleaster. And certainly we were in a position my sophomore year, the year after, well, my junior year, which was our sophomore year, we did go to the national championship game and lost in 17-16. But guess what? Woody Hayes was not the coach. Because that game of which Art threw that interception and Woody, you know, Punched the guy, he got fired. The next year, Art gets to start again as a sophomore, and all the potential it it played out just as Woody knew it would because Art had that kind of talent. But see, Woody was a very controversial type of coach. He didn't care what other people thought. If he wanted to beat up his players, that's okay. It was his players. You know, if he wanted to to change the style of the play at the Ohio State University, he didn't care because he was the coach of that football team. And so because of those reasons, and that's why I wanted to mention that as a, a side note to Black History Month, is Woody was at the forefront of change and to make things right. 
and were black ball players and, and quarterbacks in particular couldn't coach, couldn't play at the Ohio State University, Woody Hayes changed that. And I thank God that he did that. Listen, there's so many of you out there that was on my Facebook page that you had some comments. I, I'm going to take time to read some of them. Of course, that's it. there's the intimate one out there. That's my sister. She knows a little bit more than anybody else about when Coach Hayes came. But like she said, you know, he was a teddy bear. He had it. All he had to do was convince my mom, and, and that was it. That's all what he did. Would he convince the mothers? You know, my dad wasn't there, but I know he worked on everybody's mom, and then he was there. But there's some other people out there, uh, of course, uh, you know, um, some other people out there. Of course, Woody's a legend from Diane Mingo. Uh, of course, Ed Warren, you know, was happy the fact that I was going to talk about Woody on the show. Um, uh, R.C. Cohen, you know, Woody Hayes, the greatest. He was supposed to be their high school coach. Didn't happen. Uh, Vivian Brown, he's one of the greatest coaches that ever lived. Happy birthday, Coach Hayes. Uh, Bruce Bills, he cared about the players as much as he did football. He cared about them as people, which is that that is so true. Um, paying it forward, you know, and and I try to do the best I can. You know, he spent time, as, as Bruce Bill says, Woody spent a lot of time uh, at hospitals, you know, trying to just uplift the spirits of some people that were suffering from a lot of pain. And a lot of times that was a lot of children. And uh, Troy uh, Shockley is, is, is saying a shout out and, and, and yay, Ohio, and happy birthday to Coach A. So just just so, so, so many people out there who, like myself, I got about 18 people out there, uh, you know, 19, 20 likes or whatever. But Coach A's, man, I could never, 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 ever repay you. But I just wanted to pay tribute to everything that you did for me and everything you did for everybody in the state of Ohio. The entire state of Ohio, not only Ohio, but the country, people all over the country are Buckeye fans because of what you did and, and the way you treated the university as players, the university, the game, the love of the game, the passion. And because of that, now Urban Meyer is in place. See if he could be the next Woody Hayes. I don't think so. There's only one Woody. God bless you. We love you, Woody Hayes. And you know what I'm going to say because I say it all the time. I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Oh, 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 oh,